When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm buying week action. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock on the eve of the NFL Combine as we await our flight tonight to Indianapolis. Lots to talk about, Bo. First of which being we're excited because now it's become real. Draft season is upon us. The big boards are starting to, to culminate here. What do you like? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? Are we uh, have we already reached like peak draft crazy season, right? We're already starting to see at three that the Arizona Cardinals are taking some big swings, kind of reminiscent of the previous regime, or is it just already like in Monty? We trust we're gonna just let it rip here on a Monday to take away from our new head coaches. One of his many JG isms. We're gonna let it rip today. We're gonna get into some deep conversation about that third overall pick. Do you stick and pick? Do you take Jalen Carter? Do you take Will Anderson Jr.? Do you take Tyree Wilson? Do you take somebody else? Do you trade out? We're already seeing some prominent draft experts, analysts start to see the Arizona Cardinals kind of move away from what we thought was the truth, that it's a it's down between Jalen Carter, the big dog in the middle from Georgia, or Will Anderson Jr., the edge at Alabama. Uh, pick and spreads. Love that you've uh, just wrapped up your top 100. We've got a lot of people we rely on. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our guy Daniel Jeremiah's big board. He's pretty tapped in. He, of course, is going to be covering it with Rich Ivan, the on-the-field workouts, and Bo and I will be live tomorrow from the NFL Combine on Press Row, hoping to get you guys exclusive content. We'll get you guys exclusive content that you can't get anywhere else. But, hell, let's rip the bandaid off. Let's look at Daniel Jeremiah's top 10 big board. He, he released his... His entire 50 updated today, Bo. But here's the top five as it relates to the Arizona Cardinals, I believe, because you've got some options here, and then you've got some folks that obviously won't be an option looking at quarterbacks and tight ends. But if it's got Jalen Carter as the best player in the draft. It was unfortunate. We read this morning, Bo, per numerous reports, Jalen is not going to do any on-the-field workouts. He's going to meet with teams, but per his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, which always perks your ears up a little bit, he's not going to participate. <laughs> Next question. Uh, Yes, but you know who will participate? Our guy, Will Anderson Jr., at least is going to do, quote, some on-the-field workouts according to Rap Sheet. Uh, that's music to my ears. I want a guy who goes out there and competes. I was hoping that would also be Jalen, but we'll have to wait and see. Those are the bell of the ball. And then you've got some quarterbacks, of course, Bryce Young being showcased, the third overall uh, player on the big board. Bijan Robinson is fourth overall on Daniel Jeremiah's big board, which is interesting. Uh, not something I'm going to touch at this time, but Devin Witherspoon, cornerback from Illinois, number five. The aforementioned Tyree Wilson, who I don't think is participating. He's still got a little bit of a foot, which again, right. you've got a foot. You played at Texas Tech and your production was meh. I don't want no part of you, but we're going to have to wait and see. Skaronsky, the tackle from Northwestern, a little bit undersized for my liking. Can you take him and play him at guard? 
Is that worth the top 10 pick? Then you've got C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Dalton Kincold, uh, Utah tight end. That's your top 10. But really, it should just be your top two. If you're <laughs> right, right. That's what I'm saying. Is it peak? Have we already peaked as far as it worked? Like it's draft season officially, I think, as of today. Mm-hmm. And we're already hitting peak draft crazy season. Maybe a uh, paralysis by over analysis already with these two top prospects that we got, yeah. you know, some pretty solid looks at. Obviously, Bama, you know, each and every season they make deep runs. And we got a good look at Will Anderson Jr., a guy who was a Heisman contender to start the season. And I think he backed it up this year. Obviously, people wanted to see more from the consensus top prospect, non-quarterback going into the season and maybe didn't get that. And then you've got uh, Jalen Carter, who was on the most talented team this season and last season as far as the Georgia Bulldogs. But you're right, yeah, Tyree Wilson. I mean, I think he's probably smart, right? Because his stock continues to rise despite him coming off this foot injury and he's already been like – you already start to see some some guys like uh, uh, Daniel Jeremiah had the Arizona Cardinals selecting Wilson last week at three – Instead of Will Anderson, you had, um, is it Sharp, uh, you know, who does some great analysis as far as just kind of NFL schematics and analytics. Uh, He has the Arizona Cardinals taking Tyree Wilson over Jalen Carter. It's just, that's like, let's not get, let's not get too cute here. If we want to get cute, let's maybe develop some packages here, have the Arizona Cardinals trade out of three. But if you're going to stick and pick, that's going to be a tough sell to your fan base as far as taking a guy like Wilson out of the Big 12, a team that we know very well is known for its offensive side of the football, not its defensive side of the football. Look, he's a freak, right? Six seven. He's got everything that you want. But as far as what kind of competition is he faced week in and week out during his collegiate career, and what's he going to do each and every Sunday when when he's going to be facing double teams, when he's going to be facing you know top tackles? Um, one thing you did say that that I tend to disagree with because of where the Arizona Cardinals have put themselves, I'm not looking at a, a prospect like Peter Skaronsky, the Northwestern tackle, is just like, hey, can he move inside and play guard? Because I think the Arizona Cardinals need – this is a longer play. If he's the tackle of the future, I'm fine with that. I, I'm not concerned about like what his immediate returns are going to be on the – No, football. and that's fine. That's fine. But yeah. I think – can he ever play tackle? That's the question I that is more the question I was asking is sure at six four, like you better hope he can play like right tackle. Cause I don't even play, I don't know if you can play left tackle and be that small. Um, but here's an interesting point though. But I, I don't disagree. I think if you fall in love with him and if you trade down, I think he's a prime trade down target for the Arizona Cardinals, no doubt. But because I do think he he's plug and play somewhere on the offensive line this year and they need help all over the place. Right. So, like, the Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, like, we're going to talk about it at nauseum over the next, you know, two months. But it is interesting. So, this is an incredibly deep edge class. Last year's edge class, kind of garbage, right? Not great. We had to almost talk ourselves into the kid Karlofkis from uh, Purdue. Well, right? it was very top-heavy, right? I mean, you yeah. had you had the top pick, Walker. You had Aiden Hutchinson. And then there was a drop-off. Yeah. Um, this year, there's nine edge prospects in Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 nine there's three elite defensive tackle prospects none of which have a first round grade other than Jalen Carter so I can see if you want to rationalize it if you're a Cardinal fan or if you're Monty Ossenford and you've got the same grade on both of these players there's a probably a pretty good chance if you get Jalen Carter at three at 35 or 34 wherever they pick you can get an edge rusher to, to, to combat that. 
an edge rusher that probably had a first round grade. Whereas supply and demand, mm-hmm. if you take Will Anderson, you know, you might have to take a developmental defensive lineman later on, and that's okay. But what the point I'm trying to make here is like you there's a good chance if you take Jalen Carter, you can also get a first round caliber edge rusher later. Whereas if you take Will Anderson, you could be looking at another Rashad Lawrence Lecky Foto situation where you really just don't know. And so I, I go back to what Michael Bidwell said. So they, they, these are their needs, front seven, corner, offensive line, but we're not going to be able to fill all of them this year. And so that would make me feel good about, okay, if you just love Will Anderson, take Will Anderson. That's mm-hmm. okay. That's okay that you can't get Jalen and another impact. Like, I, I we're all going to fall guilty of this, I think, over the course of the next two months is, yeah, but who's the next pick? Just get the first pick right. Just get the and then let the chips fall where they may. You control for the most part your own destiny at number three. Thank the the football gods above. This is a robust quarterback class. We feel like the Bears are going to trade down. The Cardinals can stick and pick and control their own destiny. They can get one of these two guys and feel really good about it. We they can't control who's available at thirty four. And I think that you should not you should not draft whomever you're going to draft at three based on what's available at thirty four. If that makes sense. No, it does make sense. And it, it, it's tantalizing, right? I mean, you could kind right. of spin it any way you want. It's like, well, you could you could take Will Anderson Jr. at three and you, you can he's plug and play. He's already right. starting, you know, edge rusher for you. You like what you saw from the two third rounders from last year. And now you've got a pretty deep stable of young, talented, you know, NFL caliber prospects that you need to develop and the skill sets are there. And yeah. you like your coaching staff that you're putting in place to do so. Or you could get, you know, you, you take Jalen Carter at three, he becomes the anchor of your defense, st- starts opening up rush lanes for, for guys that aren't top-tier talent. But, you know, guys like Jalen Carter, they're the ones, they're the straw that kind of stirs the drink as far as the, the defensive side of the football. You look at all the success that Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis had in Philadelphia. Where did most of that come from? You know, obviously their stout front seven, including, you know, those four, four guys on the defensive line and then Hassan Reddick. I think that look, you can you can kind of spend it any way you want it. And I think at the end of the at the end of the three day draft, you're gonna probably be pretty excited about the haul that Monty Ossenfort, Dave Sears, his assistant GM, and, and Jonathan Gannon have accumulated. Uh, I, I just think that you know w- when you start to look at things and you start to try to decipher between Carter and Anderson, I think those are your two guys, right? And then there is then you've got the guys who have some red flags like a Tyree Wilson, where you really would have to trust the scouting backgrounds of the people you've just put in place, the decision makers that you put in place. Yeah, I like this from picking spreads. Um, It's easier to get an elite edge rusher than an elite defensive tackle. I agree with that. Um, And I also think this might be recency bias, Bo, but I think the cupboard is not Barrett outside linebacker with with what's on the roster and what you did last year. And I know that was a different regime. Yeah. But I think Majay Sanders and Cameron Thomas are appealing for this new for, new unit, this new coaching staff, because they're cheap and they played last year. And when they played, and it was sparingly because of Vance Joseph, they were productive. I mean, at the yeah. end of the year, they were your most explosive set of pass rushers. And while it's not ideal going into next season with, with just those guys, well, you go into training camp and those guys be your starters what do you have on the defensive line right now? Watt is gone. Zach Allen could be gone. You've got Rashad Lawrence who can't stay healthy. Lucky Fotu's a backup. He's not a starter. I mean, the covered uh, before free agency is fully bare at defensive tackle. Now they're going to have to sign one or two or three players, but I, I, I do think that if you talk about need alone, Jalen Carter is more of a need than Will Anderson, who is the better player. 
I think remains to be seen. But I mean, shit, you, you, I was watching Jalen Carter highlights last night. It, it, you, I remember being infatuated with the draft, the top 10 back when the Cardinals had a top 10 pick in 2020 when they took Isaiah Simmons and everybody wanted to talk themselves into Derek Brown out of mm-hmm. Auburn that year. I remember watching his highlights and I said, where are the splash plays? Where are the plays where he's penetrating the line of scrimmage and sacking the quarterback? That's all Jalen Carter does. Yeah. His, his highlight reel from the last two years is it's not Indomitian Sue-like, but it's, it's on that next tier below. And Derek Brown's actually turned out to be a pretty good player. So I'm just, he, his ceiling is so effing high for that position. And so I, to me, it just, when I see mock draft, that mock draft that Sharp rolled out this morning, I mean, that's egregious. For Will Anderson <laughs> Jr. to go first to the Bears and for the Cardinals to pack on, pass on Jalen Carter. Yeah. I, I, I cannot, he's a two time national champion, all American for, for a team that has had the most success they've had since the 80s. He's exactly what you need, and you pass on him for an right. for an ACC for an ACC what, or a Big Twelve. I'm sorry, you know, cool game. Yeah, right. it's the all- ultimate. He's right. the ultimate. Like you're projecting for the next level. You have no right. idea though. Right. You you don't even know if he he could play every down. You don't know if he's he's a couple down. You know, edge rusher. You know what's what's his what's his ceiling? I, I know it's probably very high, and it's a big swing. But yeah. you also know that if you can get a guy that like Carter right away, he's an impact maker. And, and you start to yeah. think about like that, that pick you're talking about in the second round. It's like, if, if, if money Austin Fork comes out and these are the first bullets that he shoots three, he takes Carter. Right. And then in the second round, he takes like a, uh, John Michael Schmitz. Auburn and then, or somebody you immediately like that. Yeah. addressed with some top prospect types, you know, to your biggest needs and some needs that, you know, going forward, you can think of like, you, you've got your center covered at least for the next four years with a second-round rookie contract and then a, a defensive tackle that you can get a lot of play from and a lot of reps from in Carter for potentially five seasons and beyond. I mean, I think that those would be slam dunks. Uh, but if you trade out of that and you start look at they really like a Wilson and they think they could trade down and get, you know, take Indy's pick or take Carolina's pick and then start to work and maybe get – you know, Wilson, and then maybe with the extra draft capital, pick up some offensive linemen. I mean, I, I like that the Arizona Cardinals have flexibility in, in really retooling this roster and, and really starting to kind of jumpstart this rebuild because that's what should get Arizona Cardinals fans excited. I think that's what Seattle was able to accomplish last year. And, and the, the, I think they took kind of the – maybe the, the questions out of it, right? They, they were pretty – as far as what they went, they kind of went chalk as far as they take cross out of AM and the at the tackle position, and then they take some, you know, a corner prospect, and they take the kid out of Minnesota who's the edge rush prospect. Like they took some guys that we were familiar with that they hit on. And it it just what that does for a roster, like the Arizona Cardinals not necessarily being a bear cupboard, is like once you start to kind of fill in the gaps, you uh it starts to make things look a little bit easier football-wise. Uh, because you've got talented players that that know what they're doing, and and it makes things just the, things just a lot easier uh, on on game days because these guys are just players; they're football players. Uh, I just feel like this new regime—you can't have your first pick be that big of a a swing, right? It sets a rough a tone. But it does. Look, Steve Kime, to his credit, he didn't. Everybody was like, hey, you got to get a guard, right? You have to go get a guard. He took like one of the highest guards, I think, in like a decade or so. And Jonathan Cooper, 
And the early returns on Jonathan Cooper were good, right? Everything was good until Jonathan Cooper broke his leg in a preseason game. And every, but everybody was applauding that pick for him to take Cooper. I think it was like seventh overall. They're like that's that's the ease. That's I feel like that's Carter, right? It's like that's the that's the nobody's going to argue with it. You can probably plug him immediately in play and, until you know, barring an injury like we saw with Cooper, and, and that's unfortunate. But it wasn't like it wasn't like a Simmons pick where it's just like you know the talents there, but does it translate to the next level like a Wilson? You can you can miss on Jalen Carter if you're Monty Austin Ford and look Michael Bidwell in the eye or 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 if it's Will Anderson just say hey All American blue chip school national champion like what did you want from us everybody's saying this is the guy right you can't you can't take at three a kid from Texas Tech who by the way is old he's a redshirt senior and he's got an injury and he had seven sacks last year. And say, well, if you hit on it, I guess you look like a genius, but you got to be 100% certain. And these guys have job security now. But, man, I just, with what you're trying to convey to your fan base right now, Bo, uh, like, it's, I don't want to say it's okay to miss on Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, but, like, fans will understand. Fans will get it. It's, you know, if some, if they get hurt, they're never, fans understand. Like that 2013, everybody hated, you know, Jonathan Cooper, after 18 months, but they get he got hurt in the final preseason game. His career right. might be different. That draft class was awful in 2013, right? What you can't do is you can't dick around at three and take a project. This this is your first draft pick of this new era. And you're talking about excellence and changing the culture and changing the brand. It's it's got to be one of these two guys, in my opinion, unless you're just given a, a shit ton of picks and you can move down. And uh, speaking of moving down or up or around, you can do all those things on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Bo. Right now, live, they have their combine odds up. Like, will the 40 time be broken? Will the bench press time be broken? How about this one? I like this one that's available right now. B. John Robinson to the Dallas Cowboys plus 500. I love that pick. Uh, You can start getting more and more props as the week goes on, not only for the combine, but for the NFL draft. Right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, if you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, I haven't dabbled before. What do I do? How do I get started? It's not football season. Well, first of all, every month is football season on DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code PHNX. Get this. New customers can bet a mere $5, get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Again, five spot, the spread, the money line, the over-under, any prop you want. They got it. Get it on DraftKings. $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Only with promo code BO, PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details. Johnny, myself, one of our producers, Shane, who's making the trip with us to Indianapolis. We are hours away from a top five beer. What am I talking about? I'm talking about an airport beer. It's tough to beat. About to jump on an airplane beer, and it doesn't get any better than Four Peaks. It's in our terminal, Johnny. That's right. We're in Terminal 4 at Sky Harbor. That's where Four Peaks resides. That's where we're going to go have a couple cold ones before we jump on the bird and head to Indianapolis for the scouting combine. So many choices as far as the beer. Have you decided which beer you're going to have from Four Peaks yet? Hazy. Hazy. You're going to have a hazy IPA. And, I, you know, that's that's fine. That's that's okay. That's kind of like the Tyree Wilson as far as the, the beers <laughs> go. I, I'll probably go with the Jalen Carter, the kilt lifter, or you can get something. <laughs> 
you know, something in there that uh, there is a Will Anderson Jr. as well. I mean, they're all top flight prospects, so it's tough. Like you're you're just kind of you're, you're you're nitpicking at this point because they're all delicious, they're all cold, they're all amazing, and they go crazy in the airport. Uh, do yourself a favor. Go to Four Peaks, the location in Tempe. Enjoy yourself some cold beers. Enjoy yourself some great food from the appetizers to the entrees to the desserts. You're going to have a great time in the atmosphere. It's unmatched right there in the heart of Tempe, right there woven in the fabric of our great state of Arizona. Go watch a game. I hear KD's going to come back at some point. Why not watch Kevin Durant and the Suns play some hoops as they gear up for a nice finals run or watch the Coyotes or watch – Go watch the NFL Scouting Combine while you get yourself great beer, great food, and great atmosphere. Enjoy it. Hang out at Four Peaks. They've got the uh, the the McDowell Mountain Music Festival going on March 3rd through the 4th. You can grab your tickets at M3Fest, M3FFest.com and enjoy that wow wheat beer while you're there. Must be 21 years or older. It's great to hear Four Peaks not only involved with us at PHNX, but, of course, the McDowell Mountain Music Festival, always a great event here in our great state of Arizona. Like I said, got to be 21 years or older and enjoy it responsibly. Um, we're responsible. We'll do our research here uh, at PHNX, PHNX Cardinals. This is from Waldle and Sylvie, popular radio show in Chicago. Adam Schefter was on with them earlier today. Um, said the Bears would like to deal the first overall pick this week at the NFL Combine. Discussed the possibility of trading down multiple times and called it, quote, a feeding frenzy. So nobody controls the NFL offseason like polls the GM for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Bears could trade the number one pick this week uh, to a team that needs a quarterback. Houston needs a quarterback. Producer Emma, let's see that extraordinary NFL draft uh, order that you made. Thank you so much. Um, let's assume the Bears trade the first pick. And mm -hmm. let's assume it's not to Houston. Let's assume it's to Indy. Let's assume it's to Vegas, Atlanta, Carolina. Uh what does that do, Bo Brock, to the Arizona Cardinals? Let's if the first overall pick is traded this week, assuming it's yeah. for Bryce Young, Houston sticks and picks. They get a kid they like, whether it's Levis, whether it's the kid from Florida, uh, maybe it's CJ Stroud. Cardinals are sitting there at number three. Does that increase the likelihood that they themselves trade out of number three if it's this early? Well, if it's not the Colts at four, then it puts the Arizona Cardinals in a pretty prime position to to move and not drop down draft boards, right? Or, yeah. or like you said, you've got hungry teams just depending on who is fortunate enough to trade up, you know, this unbelievable just haul of draft picks, which I'm sure Chicago is going to get here. It's just no team is going to be naive enough to deal with the Cardinals first before Chicago. So Chicago is going to set the market and the Arizona Cardinals can benefit off that. And you can have a pretty good idea of what they're going to get in return and how far do they have to fall in order to get that haul. So it's it's a great – I think it's just – it increases the value of three. I think the Arizona yes. Cardinals are in a very great – in a solid position to do whatever they want. And, and to have options, that's what – you couldn't ask for anything more for a new general manager uh, like Monty Awesomefort. Now – it's kind of curious. I, I was just reading Darren Urban's latest article on azcardinals.com about Monty Awesomefort preparing for his first combine kind of run the show. And you're like, mm -hmm. well, how much is this new regime, this new front office, this new scouting department going to put in to what happens and what transpires in any, and this is what Awesomefort said. He said, uh, quote, the on-field work, the testing is another piece of information, but I wouldn't say it's the driver of anything on what makes our decisions. So, 
that closes quote. If if some guy runs a historic forty, or if you see a guy like because uh, Carter's not working out, but Anderson is. If Anderson lights up the combine, he's just going to take that as just another piece of information combined with the tape from Alabama, combined yeah. with everything that you see from the pro days. It's just pieces of information that he's going to compile. So don't put too much stock into it, but it also plays a role as far as what Monty Austin Ford's looking for is how they evaluate what they want to do with the third overall pick. I mean, you think about luck comes into play with, with when you get a pick and how it fits your needs and, and what your rebuild look like the Cardinals were the top, you know, three or four pick last year. I don't think it's as advantageous as this year. Uh, and I look back to 2021 as the kind of the barometer. Now, as we fast forward to 2023, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance were the first three picks of that draft. And San Francisco traded up a premium to go get Trey Lance. Um, I don't think the Cardinals are looking to move down quite as far as when uh, Houston and Miami made those deals um, for San Francisco to come up and get Trey Lance. But I do well, think they that, moved down to 12, right? They, they, yeah. They, and I, they traded with Miami. They got the 12th overall pick. They got a, pick, a first round pick the next season and yeah. a third round pick for that draft. So that's, yeah. that would, that's kind of a, I think that's a decent baseline, don't you? But I think they yeah. could probably get more. I do too. I do too. And I, I just, for me, like, I would have to get more. You'd have to get more. And then you basically be, be showcasing it to your fan base, like, Hey, this is we're in this for the long haul. This is just not about this year, and it's consistent with Michael Bidwell's messaging. But my point of which is, if you get a if you get a team this week that's not indie that trades to number one, you you could conceivably do a trade shortly after that ensures the Colts. If you're if you're serious about Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, that ensures the, that the Colts get pick three. I think that's the best case scenario because I, I know there are a lot of people who want to move down that want to accumulate future ones. And I get that. I just feel like the, the, the prospect of getting Anderson or Carter, you don't know what the next year's draft is going to look like and who's going to be available. And you don't know how the, how the season's going to go though. In my opinion, those two things are sure things. So if you can trade down and ensure yourself of getting one of those two players, that's the best case scenario. And the yeah. only place to do that, assuming Chicago deals with somebody else is to go from three to four with Indy because no one's trading up for position players. Yeah. It, it's going to look like Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, because what happened right after Kyle Pitts, Pro Bowl, Jamar Chase, Pro Bowl, Jalen Wall of Stud, Panay Sewell, Pro Bowl, JC Horn, Patrick Sertain. The, all the, you're just flush with talent. And I don't think this top 10 is as talented as that, but the point remains you've got to get another team to go up to Chicago to come out of left field and say, we want the first overall pick. Mm -hmm. So all you have to do is pick up the phone and say, Jim Irsay, you want assurance you're not going to be left at the altar again? Give right. us your second. And right. you drop down one spot. I mean, we could have a celebratory, you know, four peaks next this time next week that that trades, you know, it's it's done, it's in the books. You've got your extra pick and you're still getting one of these two SEC standouts. Yeah. That, that to me is the best case scenario of any of these scenarios. And, and that, that recently happened in 2017. It was a draft day trade, wasn't it? Chicago moved up. Uh, right. They went from three to two with San Francisco. The, the, I'm looking at the haul that they were, San Francisco was able to acquire from right. the Bears for that, just moving up one spot. Now, they take Solomon Thomas, and you can be lukewarm on Solomon Thomas. Wasn't a great pick at third overall. But then they, they also get a third-round pick that – San Francisco ended up trading. Trading that turned into Alvin Kamara, and then yeah. also, also they they ended up getting a uh, another third round pick that turned into Fred Warner. They were able yeah. to turn that just moving up, moving back one spot, 
with Chicago into Alvin Kamara and Fred Warner. Not too bad. I think there, I think there's zero chance, zero chance. You can hold me to this. If a team not named Indy trades up to number one, that Indy can feel comfortable waiting till the draft to trade from four to three. They're going to be shitting their pants. There, <laughs> there is a deal to be done there immediately. You make them feel like you have got ten offers, and they are fucked if they right. don't deal with you. Right. That, that, that. If, if Monty for they play this correctly, somebody comes up to one. I don't know who it is. Atlanta comes up to one, and they take Bryce Young. Right. And the Bears go down. They're irrelevant now. The Bears are in the bottom half of the top ten. You got to make Jim Ursay and their GM, who's on the hot seat, and Shane Ste- Steichen, who's an offensive guy, feel like they've got to move up, or they're they're going to be left because. They don't love, you know, one of the other quarterbacks. That that to me becomes the perfect scenario for this franchise to say, "Boop, we're going down one spot. Give us right. a bunch of picks." Do it. Yep. You can just uh, you can as far as the the fear of God in right in the Jim Irsay, just right into his right. chest. He'd be like, "Yeah, yeah. we're we're talking to a couple teams right now. We could deal it. Uh, we got a couple of deals better than what you and Chris Ballard, who is probably on tilt, full tilt right now, just chasing a mm-hmm. quarterback." Finally, a franchise-caliber quarterback after playing all these these over-the-hill vets, he's yeah. got to make a move right now. So you can you can as far as get them to overplay their hand because they're in probably they're going to be in one of the des- most desperate situations unless they're the team that does move up to number one overall. Uh, and Houston, I mean, and you're saying, well, why would they do that for the third best quarterback on the board? Why would they do that for you know a Stroud or Richardson or a Levis? It's just like, well, because the pressure's on now. People yeah. are people are tired of, of what they've seen. You know, they saw them hit the ceiling as far as where they could go with like a Philip Rivers or veteran that that plays okay and well enough. But you have a decent roster in place with Jonathan Taylor and Forrest Buckner on the, the other defensive side of the football. Uh, but you need to get a you got to get solid quarterback play. It comes down to it. You have to get consistent quarterback play, and they just haven't done so. This is their opportunity, and you're right there. You're sniffing it. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are in the driver's seat as far as really just kind of pulling, just wringing out that washcloth as far as what type of value they could get and still getting the best non-quarterback prospect in this it's draft. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. It's It just goes to show you. I mean, the Cardinals in a lot of ways took care of business at the end of the year, and it wasn't by winning games. It was to be in this position <laughs> right now. Uh, we got some questions on DeAndre Hopkins and could he be traded. Uh, but before we talk about that, I want to remind everybody, underdog fantasy right now, we, we talked about Kevin Durant. We think, please, God, let him make his debut this week. And it's perfect time, if you haven't signed up already, for you to make your debut on Underdog Fantasy, your premier daily fantasy sports app. It does daily fantasy differently, friends. Draft your team against five of your friends. The highest scoring squad wins that cold, hard cash for the night. Or just just go head-to-head. Maybe some of you guys took the higher in Dame Lillard's points last night. You would have cashed out hard on Underdog. Draft six NBA players with no positional limits. That's it. So easy to get started. If you're thinking to yourself, well, I only I only dabble um, with fantasy during the football season. There is plenty to do with daily fantasy on underdog fantasy. Get your fix in. Get primed and ready for next football season. Dealing with a little NBA action. We've got Major League Baseball right around the corner. Super easy to get started. All you got to do, go to underdogfantasy.com. Download the app. Sign up with promo code. You guessed it. PHNX. Get this. Underdog is going to match your first deposit. Up to one hundred dollars. So again, doesn't have to be a hundy. Do fifty bucks, twenty-five, ten, five, whatever you want to do. Just do it with Underdog Fantasy and the promo code PHNX. There is no better time, I'm telling you, to be on daily fantasy sports 
than during the NBA playoffs. It is such a rush because, number one, you know everybody's playing, and that's cutthroat, man. And get in there with your buddies, two to five, whatever you want to do. Do it with Underdog Fantasy, promo code PHNX. Get in on the action today. As much as I'm salivating at the idea of a Four Peaks airport beer, I'm also longing for coming home from the combine Friday night, getting off the airplane, going into my house and plopping down on my more furniture couch and just relaxing after a job well done. Hopefully a job well done. We'll see how Indy goes. I'm expecting good things. You should You'll be as it. well. We're going to have all that combine coverage, but I can't wait to get there and hang out on our new sofa from morefurniture.com. I look like the hero of my house because when my wife was looking at all these furniture stores for kind of getting our living room, our kids' room, our bedroom all locked in, she was she was at you know wit's end. And I said, why don't you check out more furniture? And she did, and we just started rolling as far as what our new lineup looked like in our living room, our dining room, our kids' room, our our bedroom. They've got some doorbusters right now that you don't want to miss out on, like our power recliner that we have here at the studio. If you've seen us just hanging out, watching games, we're doing it comfortably. We're doing it in style. You could do it as well. Save it at under 500 bucks. You get this limited time doorbuster at More Furniture. You, you got to drop in and check them out right now. 44th Street McDowell or online, morefurniture.com. If you have any questions, they got that live local chat coming right to your phone and also coming right to your desktop See more details on special financing, morefurniture.com. Pimp out your living room, bedroom, dining room, kids' room. Do it now, morefurniture.com. Am I seeing that Carson Wentz uh, in Washington? Is that experiment over? It is, yeah. Is his NFL career over? I think that's a fair question. Goodbye, Carson. Uh, hello, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, once upon a time, the framework for the D-Hop deal back in 2020, where Steve Kime was able to pull off that magical deal with Bill O'Brien. That was done at the NFL Combine, the framework for that. Uh, they were The two of them were seen out at St. Elmo's putting this deal together and uh, changed the Cardinals' future and Bill O'Brien's future. He was uh, shortly unemployed um, after that deal. Did Will that DeAndre Hopkins... Cocktail? Yeah. Discuss the deal right. and that... that uh, what is it? Uh, just opening up the... The nasal cavities there with the shrimp cocktail and talking about deals, banging out deals for top flight wide receivers. Now... This weekend, Pro Football Focus put together a, a deal, a, a just kind of a, a mock trade for oh, the Arizona right. Cardinals. And it was a second and a fifth-round pick uh, from the New York Giants. Now, the Giants were a playoff team, so that second-round pick is, is a little bit deeper in the second round than I think Cardinals fans would like. But I asked you know, Cards fans, Johnny, if they would pull the trigger on this deal, and it was an overwhelming response of no. And I think, you know, we talked about it on Friday. I, I don't know if the Cardinals should be in business of giving up two potential tra- uh, draft picks for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins with the highest being a second-round pick. Um, I, I'm going to make a prediction right now. Uh, fans are going to be disappointed by the by the <laughs> by what comes back for DeAndre Hopkins, no matter what it is, because it's D-Hop, right? And we all love DeAndre Hopkins. But I should. think there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a group of Cardinal fans who don't watch the show, first of all, welcome, come watch it, that feel like DeAndre Hopkins is not going to get traded. Well, you know what else happened this weekend, Bo? There was momentum from other insiders, not named Jordan Schultz, who came on this show and talked about it two weeks ago with us, that are saying, yeah, D-Hop's getting dealt. It's happening. He's going to get traded. So it's like, okay, when you can when you can finally digest that, I'm not talking about the fine 154 people watching this program right now, but everybody else. DeAndre Hopkins getting traded is what's best for the Cardinals. And also what's best for them is to try to get the best deal they can. If you looked at the same post bowl, 
it was Giants fans, and we, we joked about this <laughs> off air, saying, oh, that's too much for DeAndre Hopkins. Right. And we covered that at nauseum last week. Of Forget why, about it. Yeah, man, we got Kenny Galladay, <laughs> Gabagool. No, it, you're going to... It's going to cost at least a second round pick to get D hop right. fans be, be, be thankful. Nobody you're getting in the second round this year is going to compare to what Deandre Hopkins can do to your team. But you know, I told you, I probably accept that deal. You get a second round pick. I mean, maybe you could flip the fifth for a fourth, you know, massage it a little bit. I mean, I, at the end of the day, like a second round pick to me feels about right for a player that does, is not going to be part of your future. You're going to get a lot of cap in return. And that second round pick, you could deal for more picks. You could trade up. That's a few that that second round pick should be a future at least starter, if not, you know, borderline pro bowler. I mean, the Cardinals have done their most damage in the second round. Right. You got to be you got to be thinking four five, six years down the line with that pick. Right. Whereas DeAndre Hopkins, if he plays for you, is probably only on the team for another year. It's, is that is that worth it for for you yeah. as a Cardinal fan? It's it's not. I mean, a guy at the tail end of his career that wants that that cares about his legacy, and this is not an indictment on DeAndre Hopkins. He absolutely no. should. We heard we heard JJ Watt talking about the the short time frame that these players, especially these great players, have to really cash in, not only monetarily but also as far as winning football games. And DeAndre Hopkins staring down is is, is the most confident Cardinals fan. It has to be realistic with where they are. Sure. Could they come out and be ahead of schedule like Seattle was with the rebuild? Sure. But the reality of that, of these pick, all these picks hitting and them being as, 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 as savvy and free agency as, as they possibly could and, and coupling the, the talent on the roster, like th- this team is going to compete right away after being in the cellar of the NFC West. I think that you'd be a bit naive. And, and to be able to deal a, a contract of that caliber and, and move off of a a top wide receiver. He's certainly still that, but at age 31 or in, in, entering his age 31 season, you have to be able to do that. He's, he's your most valuable controllable asset right now to create more assets. And I think that's what the Arizona Cardinals need in a second and a fifth round pick. I think that that's in the vicinity of what's really going to come uh, in return for a guy like Deandre Hopkins. Nah, I, nah, I, nah. I don't doubt that. And Arizona Cardinals fans, when you see a second round pick, and you're moving a wide receiver, you're snake bitten, and you're like, ah, no, they're going to take an undersized wide receiver with that pick anyway, and it's going to be a waste. Like, okay, it's a new regime. It's not Steve Kime. It's not old Stevie Boy making the selections anymore. He's gone. Yeah, you can – now we don't know what Monty looks like as far as the drafting goes, but I, I think Can't. that he's he's going to – it's going to look better than having one 1,000-yard receiver out of the 10 that you drafted. Can't be worse. Uh CB Kra 098, the exact type of culture guy this organization needs. I agree. Like you want DeAndre Hopkins on your team, but it you have to look past just D Hop, the player in 2023. He's expensive and he can help you expedite your mini rebuild here, at least for 2023. I mean, like you look at the the last couple instances of when the Cardinals could have gotten value and they opted not to, like Pat, they should have dealt Patrick Peterson when his value was high and then instead they got nothing for him. Right. Like if somebody would have told you, Hey, the Cardinals are going to be bad this year, but JJ Watts going to have 13 sacks. Should you trade him? And they probably would have said, well, no, no, no. We're going to see wh- how we can do with JJ Watt. And then it just, it's not worth it. Right. Like is a, I don't know, an eight, nine season with Deandre Hopkins or a nine and eight season with Deandre Hopkins, but you missed the playoffs worth it. Maybe, but maybe you can go out and get help with a second round pick. I mean, Bo just mentioned, you know, a third round pick and Alvin Kamara and a third round pick for Fred Warner. I mean, like we should be thinking in those terms now 
because you've got Dave Sears, who's helped run Detroit's rebuild, which is expedited. Go look at their roster. You know, they fucked around and they've got, I, I believe, a top third roster in the NFL right now. I'm going to run that's only round. That's late right. Pick. And he and he was yeah. a late pick. You talk about trading up, having the capital go get a Jameson Williams. So it's like you trade picks. It doesn't even have to be for this year. You can double down and trade down and get more assets and then trade up for a draft pick that you want. But we need to we need to be thinking of the mindset of big picture. DeAndre Hopkins is not part of this team for the long term. This is the Arizona Cardinals 2.0 with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is and and really only Kyler Murray is, is the constant here. Everything else should be and will be on the table for this franchise. And again, there's nothing to do with DeAndre Hopkins, the player and the person. You he, you commend what he did. He was certainly part of the solution, not part of the problem. He's it's one of the best trades in franchise history. But mm-hmm. it's time to move on. And the Cardinals know that and he will be traded. So again, for everybody holding out hope that, that he's going to stick around, they just they don't see the benefit of that. I've been told specifically like the, the money is too much, $30 million. Right. right. It's the same, probably the same people that were pounding the table like, oh, you let Chandler Jones go for nothing. It's like, well, Chandler Jones was 30, over 30 years old and yeah. you saw what he was going to command on the open market and you saw what the Raiders paid him and then you saw what at that point, at even playing across from a guy like Max Crosby, the production or lack thereof that he produced in this season and what he was making for, you know, in 2022. It just, it's just, that's the reality of this game. There's the exceptions. And we saw the exception to the rule play out uh, until, you know, what, for 17 seasons in the NFL and Larry Fitzgerald, but that's, that's really it. I mean, we've seen Tom Brady, you've seen the Larry Fitzgerald's guys that produce into the Larry and Larry didn't miss games and he was drafted by this franchise. Completely different scenario. Right. So, I mean, it's it's a it's an asset that you can create more assets with. Like John Lynch, when he got into his the GM role with San Francisco, all he did was just create more and more assets, more draft capital. And what have they turned that? They've turned out, you know, one of the most uh, one of the deepest rosters in the NFL. But a lot, you know, obviously, uh, you have to hit on those picks. That's that's mm-hmm. really important here. It doesn't matter. I mean, Steve Kime, that's the, that was the biggest like problem that was the biggest paradox it's like okay you want them to trade down and create more assets but do you have any faith in them turning those into anything and and luckily he didn't do that very often because over on day three. the ability to do so just take the day off just take the day and that's why he had to go out and make the hop trades just I mean, hit auto draft on that yeah right. that's right that's what, i mean we got people asking about hollywood brown I, hollywood brown's safe for next year i think they picked up his fifth year option or that i think the ravens did uh, Hollywood Brown doesn't make it makes a third of the money D Hop makes, and he's younger. Makes thirteen uh, million. Yeah, so almost about a third. And so you got to try it out, try it out a receiving core that has bodies. But he, he, also, Hollywood Brown's value is not what D Hop's value is. D Hop has the re- reputation. I mean, Hollywood Brown. I don't even want to speculate, but what 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 could you even get for Hollywood Brown at this point? Right. Which, what could you even get for Rondell Moore? DeAndre Hopkins, like again. Will not be surprised if they get a late one for him. I'm not expecting that, but if Kansas City offered you pick 31 for DeAndre Hopkins, like that shouldn't surprise anybody. But right. I, I think his 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 value is going to be between pick 31, somewhere between pick 31 and probably like 60. That you're going to get a pick in between there, and that hopefully is a future starter. This was complete speculation. This was just like, uh, uh, I guess, like a media conglomerate, you know just kind of connecting the dots and just kind of yeah. figure out who could be players for Jerry Judy and CBS sports identified yeah. Jerry Judy as somebody that the Arizona Cardinals could, I could go after. It's like, 
that'd be fine. No. Like if you're getting a body, but I just don't see the the as far as what you're gonna have to pay him soon and what you've seen from him. Like he had a stretch last season where he was legit, but at the same time, consistently you haven't seen that. Like unless Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austinfort have a love affair there for a guy like Judy. I don't I don't see any reasoning behind something Why? like that either. It would go against everything that they're talking about doing. Right. They're going to trade for somebody you immediately have to pay. They're going to do that with, they did that with Hollywood Brown. Right. They want cheap, young assets, their own guys. They don't want, I mean, Jerry Judy, you could argue, is damaged goods. If, if Denver is trying to get rid of Jerry Judy and they're lacking playmakers in that passing game and they're trying to elevate Russell Wilson, what does that say about Jerry Judy? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm with you. Like, if you, you could get him for a day three pick. I just don't, that to me is, that's not going to help the Arizona Cardinals in the short term and in the long term. I, I don't, I don't, the Cardinals are out of trading premium picks for, for veteran players, at least right now They're, they've exited that ballpark. They, you know what they're in asset acquisition, trying to get draft picks, trying to clear cap space, trying to get Kyler Murray back on the field and gelling with these new players that to me, they're going to sign players in free agency. We talked about it last week at nauseam bow, but it, I, I just don't, they're not going to play in the big name sandbox. They're going to try right. to get guys who Monty and Gannon know that can come here and help them cultivate a culture <laughs> like Bruce Arians in 2013. But they're, they're just, they're, there's some laziness going on. Right. There was also a report that like the Cardinals are interested in James Bradbury, like no shit. Like they're going to be in on yeah. all the ex guys, everybody from who can Philly. they get right? Who can yeah. they get for cheap? Right? Like, I don't, I don't think they're going to go and make James Bradbury the highest paid corner in the NFL. Right. Like let's just, they're, they they like all those guys. Gannon would bring them all here if he could, but it's they have they got to free up cap space. That's what they're trying to do. I like JPE double D here. John Paul CBS's hack sauce. That's not bad. <laughs> just, just complete hack sauce. Aaron Cotton asking if uh, Chosen Anderson is worth any picks. Uh, he recently went back to school, and I think that he's buying textbooks that are, are I guess have more value than he does. And that's not the word. That's not a huge indictment. I mean, textbooks are expensive. What are they like? Three hundred bucks now for. He was an undrafted. He was an undrafted free agent. So he he's made his money in the NFL. And if he's out of the, I mean, he looks like XFL right now. Like he keep up. Yeah, yeah. He's gone. He's he's in the XFL. Give me, give me, give me that twelve million dollars cap space. That's That's the easiest decision, Monty Austin. If he's probably already communicated that to to Anderson. Uh, it's a forgettable trade. Uh, what's not forgettable is our coverage at gophnx.com. Check it out right now. Become a diehard. Pick up some exclusive merch from the PHNX Merchandise Locker. Read our guy Howard Balzer, who no doubt will be cranking out some premium content ahead of the NFL draft and free agency. Slam that promo code Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. Bo and I are just hours away from taking off for the NFL Combine. And yes, oh yes, we'll be asking about new uniforms when Monty Austin Ford takes the podium tomorrow. He and Gannon both speak tomorrow. It's a special time of PHNX Cardinals, 2 p.m. live Arizona time, 4 p.m. Eastern time. We'll have our reactions to what Gannon and company have to say, Bo. It's it's going to be loaded Tuesday. I'm, a, I'm also going to be a shoulder for our DNVR folks to cry on since they've their OC and DC hires. This all-star staff from Sean Payton has turned into Vance Joseph and Joe Lombardi. Some four-letter words from their former respective fan bases. You, how do you feel now? How do you feel about missing out on Sean Payton now? Much better. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, I'm not like sour grapes guy. Like, yes, do we want 
Sean Payton to fail. I want Sean Payton to fail, but I want our DMVR peeps to succeed. So it's weird. I love Zach and company. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Gannon to me, and he he may suck as a coach. I hope not. But he's he's never he's not he hasn't accomplished what Sean Payton has. With that being said, Sean Payton to me just just feels like an out of touch, overpaid guy at this point. And Gannon and his staff remind me of a hungry staff that wants to prove everybody wrong. Here's what I love about Gannon, and I, you can't say the same about Peyton as of right now, is Gannon has an answer for every question that he's been asked. Anything yeah. from as far as how they want to play football to what they want to do in their scouting department as far as their front office. He's got an answer for everything, and you're not seeing that. You see Sean Payton pushing back on on social media about reports about his coaching staff saying, hey, we, we actually have hired this many just wait and see. It's like, no, there's full transparency from Gannon, and he's he's really confident about the coaching staff that he's building, and I'm pretty impressed by it so far already. Real quick, uh, so I dogged on Isaiah Simmons a lot last week, and I'm yeah. still in the camp that I think that they got some decisions to make on his cap space and mm-hmm. fit your option. Uh, Are you just trying to reached, keep the streak going? Is that what's going on? <laughs> well, here, here, here's the thing. I reached out to somebody this morning. I trust, and I. You want your Iron Man streak of shading Simmons <laughs> to continue? What's What's going on with Isaiah Simmons? And uh, nothing's def- definitive. We don't know if he's getting his fifth year option. But this source was very specific in telling me that Gannon has always made it a a, a personal point of pride to go somewhere and take a player who maybe has underperformed, and and make them better than what they had previously been somebody who didn't have a clearly defined role. And he, he listed examples in Indy and Minnesota and Philadelphia. So um, I, I am not the biggest believer in Simmons sticking around long-term, but if you're hoping to, to find some silver linings with Simmons and his development in Gannon, Gannon is not the kind of person that will turn their back on Simmons just because he doesn't have a position. But if Simmons repays the favor by not loving football, and not being a football junkie, which he's been accused of being, that's not us speculating. That's that's out there. Then that's when you've got a problem. So yeah, it's, see. but that doesn't that doesn't give like exude confidence that they're going to buy before May second the deadline to pick up his fifth year option. That right, I don't know. Do if that's so. I mean, it, it, they could put him on a prove it type deal situation where, but it but it also burns the bridge potentially of him coming back if he does perform. Uh, at a high level in his fourth season at the in the NFL, you know, under Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rawls. So uh, it, it's it's going to be they are going to have to figure out a plan of how they want to approach and, and and continue the development, jumpstart the development of Isaiah Simmons. Is he the biggest question mark on the roster, in your opinion? On the defensive side, probably just on the, on the team. Like we know, Hopkins is getting traded. No, like, I, I, think that, I think that that continues to be Kyler Murray, just because he's coming off of a serious okay. injury and in one of his worst performances. But and the 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 position is so valuable; it's so important. So isn't that he's crazy? Making, he got the big extension. So so Kyler goes first in 2019. Isaiah goes first in 2020, and those are the two biggest question marks on the team. <laughs> not not great. Got to figure that out. Got to figure some shit out. Figure out how to subscribe to the PHNX Cardinals podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Like this video, share it around the YouTube algorithm. Again, Bo and I live every day from the NFL Combine beginning manana. Uh, buckle up. It's draft season. Bo and I are here for the long haul, owning the offseason, only like PHNX, PHNX Cardinals can. For Bo Brock at Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll see you tomorrow.